very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here. 49ers Plus Minus recorded right minutes after the Rams lose to the Detroit Lions in a rock'em sock'em playoff game. Uh, but that was just, uh, to me, an illustration of both games. You got Dallas losing to, you know, unbelievably losing to Green Bay at home. It's the value of the buy, Barrows, right? Matt Barrows here with me. Just this is why you get the buy. Not only do you avoid, you know, the bruises and the battering that both teams gave each other in that Rams Lions game, and whoever comes out of it, you know, Lions come out of it, I'm sure they're going to be banged up. There's going to be guys who are not 100% for their next game. They will now play host the winner of the 4 5 game Monday night, Tampa Bay, Philly. But also you avoid like the Cowboys coming out totally flat. I mean, I think the 49ers are better than the Cowboys. I think they've proven that. But you can come out flat. Like you never know. It's just another chance to get it, you know, to, to blow it is what it is. The Cowboys always seem to take that chance, take that opportunity. But this is the buy, right? As Kyle Shanahan, the rest of the team is just sitting there watching this on the couches. This is what you earn when you get that, when you get that first round buy. Yeah, you uh, eliminate one third of uh, all the the vagaries that can hit uh, hit a team. So um, I'm sure the 49ers were as uh, surprised as as everybody else to see the Packers win that game. Even the Packers were not a uh, a good team. I mean, they were a good team, um, but nothing beyond that in the regular season. And um, they, they've sort of performed a a mini. 49ers what the 49ers did uh, a couple of seasons ago where they had to win um their their last few games in order to get in and uh, and and maybe that's what the the difference was is that they had to win those last three regular season games they were in playoff mode starting in week 16 and the Cowboys uh always sort of knew they, they didn't know that they were going to win the division but um they always sort of knew that they were going to get in um, so it, it makes it uh, an interesting um, first round matchup for the for the 49ers. I was assigned to do a you know what what are the 49ers flaws? What can their first round opponent sort of exploit and take advantage of? And I had it you know in mind that it was going to be the Rams or uh, the Eagles or the Buccaneers. And uh, just looking at the the Packers, obviously they had a really sensational game today. But they haven't been a great team all season long, so um, that kind of story is uh, is more difficult to do. Uh, but um, I think there are some areas that you know, um, as you said, if one team is still hot, Packers, and one team comes out flat, um, the the Forty Niners could have some difficulty. I'm not predicting that. I think this is going <laughs> to be a Forty Niners win and probably an emphatic win. But if it did go wrong. Uh, you know, Jordan Love, uh, that sort of no-name receiving crew, um, which has a lot of youngsters, but guys who produced this year, uh, that would probably probably be where um, it uh, it came from. Yeah, I don't want to – I've said this a few times. I don't want to get aggregated here, but I don't think the Packers would be high on the 49ers list of teams they don't want to see in the playoffs. I'm not saying that you know they were afraid of anybody, and I, I know I think you and I both put the Rams at the top of that list. And I, you know, I don't think the 49ers would have lost to the Rams, but 
with that quarterback and Puka Nakua doing that stuff and Aaron Donald, like there are things that the 49ers do not like playing the Rams and the Packers. I, I know a lot of it was junk yardage at the end, but you know how many yards they gave up to the Cowboys in, in, in a big win over the Cowboys? I don't. Over, five, over 500. Yeah. It's like 510. Again, a lot of that was junk yardages, but guys were open. Like it was not like they were, they were not like getting a big rush on deck. You know, they were, you know, they were stopping the run mainly, but the Cowboys kind of gave up on the run. Uh, it was like a soft defense. I just like, that's not the kind of, that's not like the Cleveland Browns come stomping through and they got to watch out 49ers or Baltimore Ravens. They're going to screw you up with a lot of different talent, talent over the middle. I don't feel that with the Packers. Maybe we'll look really stupid, but like if the 49ers can get in trouble against the Packers, it's, the, it's that Jordan Love just goes crazy against the defense. And again, I don't know if that's going to happen either. Uh, it, it is not a bad matchup for the for the 49ers. Uh, in, in any way, you kind of look at what screws them up. Uh, I would think a big pass rush. I would think fast linebackers. And I would think uh, a defense that can, you know, mess around with Brock Purdy. And, man, I do not see those in the Green Bay Packers. I mean, we'll have to come up with reasons, and I'm sure we'll find them. But they haven't played Jordan Love, have they? I, I don't remember a Jordan Love game. No, they haven't them. played him yet, no. Yep, and they played but Rodgers twice two years ago, lost to him on that last second ridiculous, you know, two throws, one over Fred Warner, kicking the field goal, and then they beat them. Uh, in Green Bay in the playoffs, when guess what? The Packers were the number one seed, and the 49ers were that hot team coming up. So I guess there's so you can kind of drum up some interest in any in kind of that comp, comp comparison. But uh, I don't know. Jordan Love, maybe, you know, hey, Jordan Love looked good. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on like, is Love a guy that should scare the 49ers a little bit? Um, well, first, I should note that uh, as we were talking, the time of the game was announced. It's going to be 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific on time on, on Saturday. Saturday. So okay. the, the late game. Um, and, um, you know, obviously uh, the 49ers have the big advantage in, in rest here. Packers having played today, they have a short week to prepare for this one. Now they did take out their starters and then they had to put them back in. Some of them. <laughs> uh, the I, did, I did not get quarter. that. I do not get that one. That was like, that's not it's not regular season Matt LaFleur. It's like you do not do that. You don't take out your starters in the middle of the fourth quarter in a playoff game. What are you doing? Right. So you, I mean, so you I, got, I you, gotta you, so you have to put them you have to put them back in. Like that can't help. He was starting to think about the 49ers yeah. and all the kind of the rest disparity between the two teams. Uh, but yeah, that was awkward. I mean, any game that's uh so out of hand like that, the the whole second half is just so disjointed and uh, you would think that, um, you know, the, the team that's leading gets, uh, you know, ba- basically a half game break, but it doesn't always work out like that. I mean, the 49ers had that situation in Detroit uh, in their opener a couple of years ago where they they got out to a big lead, took all their starters out and had to put them back in in the game. And they ended up getting some guys injured uh, in that one um, because of it. So, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, sort of a weird dynamic, but um, I'm sure that, that the Packers are going to be full of uh, adrenaline and, um, you know, this rest versus rust uh, debate is going to, you know, probably be a big storyline during the week. But I agree with you as far as the linebackers. I just feel like there's a big uh, – we're, we're witnessing a 
linebacker decline overall in the NFL right right now, and and, and maybe it's hard for 49ers fans to see because they're one of the few teams with good linebackers. And uh, I think the Ravens have good linebackers. Maybe there's a couple of other teams out there, but boy, the the 49ers just take advantage. That that's uh, if, if you've got a soft underbelly on defense, Kyle Shanahan is going to take advantage of it, and they've got the weapons to do it. They've got the quarterback to do it. Um, the Packers linebackers are are fine. They're young. Um, they don't stand out in, in, in very many ways. So. I think that that's going to be, you know, when, when Kyle Shanahan starts to sort of uh, dissect this defense that he's facing, that's going to be where he focuses and uh, where he's going to try to take take advantage in this game. How about cover the freaking tight end, Green Bay? It was unbelievable. Running right past the tight end every time at the goal line. They're throwing it to Jake Ferguson on this play, ladies and gentlemen. And Rashawn Gary went running right past him trying to fight on the play fake. And the guy goes for three touchdowns, like 153 yards. Uh, I think uh, George Kittle's eyes had to like uh, pop open when he saw that stuff. And I just don't think they—I don't even know who they would put on Kittle. Like, like, there's some teams that just don't have those guys. And you could like, okay, then if they're gonna have to dedicate somebody to Kittle, then guess what? Number 23 might be open a lot, or number 19. You just see that, and you know, again, you know, a turnover here or there, a blown play on defense. Certainly could be a close game. Um, you know, I think you and I are both saying there's a real chance of a close game, but the odds are, I think the four nights open is nine, nine and a half point favorites. Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's like, how could it be? I mean, I it just, it feels like a double digit victory. feels like a victory where they get out to that, that Kyle Shanahan early lead and, you know, get a turnover and it's, you know, 31, 10 and a 31, 13, uh, late in the fourth quarter. And maybe then Kyle Shanahan takes out the defensive starters, but <laughs> he might not after watching that. We might never do that again. Um, I'll, I'll, let's, let's talk about quarterbacks. I think we watched you know, C.J. Stroud look real good in this playoff game. Uh, we've seen other quarterbacks, you know, Tua in the cold, but Mahomes looked really good. It is The playoffs are in large part these days about quarterbacking. At least be good. Don't be terrible. Uh, I think Goff was just good enough tonight. I think Love was great. Dak Prescott was not good. Where do you think Purdy's going to fall into that conversation, Barrows? Do you think that's a that's a, a th- an issue going into playoffs, or do you think that the, the two wins last season kind of elevate him over that kind of conversation? Yeah, I, I remember the um, the opener against Seattle last year. He he wasn't very good at the beginning of that game. I think he was nine of nineteen. And remember the, the Seahawks, um, a, a team that they had handled pretty easily um, in the regular season, uh, took an early lead in that game. And so, um, you know, it, it was a lopsided victory at the end of the game. Uh, Purdy had over 300 yards. He had three touchdowns. Um, the 49ers ran away with it in the, in the second half. But um, Purdy wasn't sensational to begin that game. Um, that game had weather. We could have weather this this weekend. Purdy hasn't been great in the rain, hasn't had a lot of opportunities. But, you know, the game in, in Cleveland stands out because um, he just, uh, you know, it was, it was that in combination with uh, no Debo Samuel, in combination with the Browns defense really playing uh, some of its best ball of the season. And, um, and, and Purdy didn't play well. So I'm not saying that um, – um, I, you know, I, I, even if he's kind of average Brock Purdy, I still think that the 49ers win this game. 
Um, and even if he kind of struggles, quote unquote, struggles to begin the game, that doesn't mean that um, he can't have a, uh, a good game overall because that's what happened last year. But I, I do think that Jordan Love was the story of um, the, the Packers-Cowboys game. He just looked really natural out there, was not intimidated. Um, the Cowboys didn't put a lot of pressure on him. And, um, you know, he made some, you know, I thought they were making Aaron Rodgers comparisons during the broadcast. I I was seeing some Patrick Mahomes stuff, too, Mm -hmm. just sort of off balance, um, always going to the right spot with the ball. The touchdown that he threw, I guess it was towards the end of the second quarter, uh, the first one to Dobbs where he's sort of throwing off of his back foot. I mean, that was just a, a, a brilliant throw. I mean, arm talent going to the right spot. Um, able to uh, go off schedule, all that stuff uh, in one play. So, I mean, he's talented for sure. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be enough to to overcome a, a a very talented 49ers team. They couldn't beat the 49ers. I know it's different players maybe, but it was same coach with Aaron Rodgers at home at snowbound Lambeau with the 49ers on a short week. It's like if you are going to beat the 49ers in the playoffs, then, and that's Matt LaFleur, it's Kyle Shanahan. Hard to see yeah. how they had Robbie Gold back then. Robbie Gold, yeah. They had Jordan Wills not knock that right. ball around. Uh, don't, uh, it's, it just doesn't feel like a matchup again. You know, they're going to have to take this very seriously. A screw up or two, obviously, you know, a missed field goal, whatever. Uh, but it does not feel like, it does feel like this set up very nicely. Foreigners get to buy and then get an opponent in the, in the divisional round that isn't going to uh, attack them in certain areas that uh, they might be exposed. And you get the Rams out of there. Um, and you get the Cowboys out of there. I don't again, I, I don't think either one of them was, was going to beat the Fortniters, but they they were tough enough teams. Anything else strike you from, from today or the last few days of playoffs there, Barris? Yeah, I mean, the the ease with which the Packers were running the ball in the second half, I mean, um, that that's what surprised me uh, the most. That And, and maybe it was uh, a Dallas def- defensive issue. I didn't think that the Packers could run the ball that efficiently. Um, and uh, I think it's notable. I don't, I don't know if this is going to make a huge difference, but Cleveland Farrell is not going to play in this game. He's been a starter for for 17 games. He's been a starter for a reason. They like him um, on base downs. They like him as a run defender. He knows, um, you know, the the angles to take, all that stuff. Uh, Chase Young goes into that role with with Farrell out. He's a newcomer. I mean, Nick Bosa talked about that uh, this week, is that those guys have to be on their P's and Q's because it it is. It's just not haphazard you know, uh, rushing from the, the DN spot. They, uh, there are certain angles that they're trying to take so that the linebackers know what to do, uh, this, that, and the other. So that's something that, um, Chase Young is going to have to, um, really, you know, get down. And I'm not sure he has to this point. And and, and that's the reason, I mean, I think Chase Young is, uh, easily the more talented of the two guys, Chase Young versus Cleveland Farrell. But Farrell's been the starter, and Farrell usually gets the base down um, plays. And, and that's been the whole second half of the season, which tells me that they still don't fully trust Young to do that job. Um, and, and maybe that's uh, too much to ask for somebody who's coming in midseason. But 
that I mean, uh, again, having kind of strained to find mm-hmm. ways that uh, the Packers can take advantage of, of the 49ers, but that might be one of them since we just haven't seen it to this point this season. Yeah, Love's not really a scrambler. I mean, I'm sure he can move around a little bit. He can pick up a first down for you, but he's not going to be the guy running seven times for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and, you know, we saw what Lamar Jackson could do to them. But I don't think it's going to be one of those, you know, let's just keep him in the pot. You know, let, uh, they're going to try to get him. Right? you you got to try to get to this guy because he's dangerous throwing the ball downfield. <clears throat> Again, I don't think those receivers are that great. Um, but Dobbs got open. You know, he got open uh, over the middle. Uh, if, if you let him open, that quarterback can find these guys. Uh, I just think this is going to be just go out, go get him. Go go get this guy like he's Stafford. He's probably can move around more than Stafford, but – I don't know. He, he can move around more than Dak. My God, did you see how slow Dak looked? Oh, my. He couldn't get around. He, he was slow as hell. Good Lord. Uh, it happened. Where these, these seasons wear you down in, in the NFL. Uh, but I, I don't think that this is going to be like, oh, my God, you didn't keep him contained. And now you just gave up 17 yards to Jordan Love. Maybe it'll happen once. But this is not a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, you know, kind of thing. This is a, a little bit different than that. Uh, beyond that, I don't think the Packers are going to run on them. And I know there's been some concern. Armstead is back, right? Armstead is playing in this game. Is that correct? Um, I mean, he's practicing. Um, you know, it's his intent to play in this game. Uh, he, he could ha- easily have a setback and, and not play. But that's the uh, that's the plan that he's back. Um, uh, Deshaun Gibson, you know, they, they sat a lot of their 30-year-olds in that uh, that finale against the Rams. And, you know, we're talking about the bye week and the benefits. I think that's the real benefit. I, I'm not sure, you know, how well a Tashawn Gibson in his mid-30s um, would have been playing at the end of the season if he hasn't, you know, had this, uh, this, this rest period that he's getting right now. I mean, I think this is a real gift for some of these guys. Um, John Feliciano in his mid-30s, you know, dealing with a back issue, probably something he could have sort of uh, – grinded his way through, but, you know, he wouldn't have been at the top of his game. George Kittle, 30 years old, um, you know, he, he gets the same benefit. I, I just think that, um, you know, this is all sort of uh, on paper right now, but um, it, it makes a ton of sense that these guys get that little bit of rejuvenation that, you know, two weeks off gives you, and um, it just makes it that much easier to get through um the playoffs and um you know it it could backfire they could come out flat it could be just way too much time off i mean um these are all possible storylines that we're talking about but i don't i don't think so i think that they're gonna um really kind of have intense practices this week um kind of make that rest work for them and um i think they're, they're gonna come out well against the packers I mentioned this before. This is the way the Patriots did it for all for many years of the Brady dynasty. Uh, notice I call them the Brady dynasty, not the Belichick dynasty. It's the Brady dynasty in my mind uh, since it went away once he left. You get the tops. You know, uh, it, it happened with the with the Patriots even when they got the two seats. Sometimes you get that Saturday divisional where you get the bye. You get the Saturday divisional back when the two used to get a bye also with the one. Now it's just the one. But you get that Saturday divisional round game. So you've been off. You're usually playing, often playing a team on a short week because they played the Sunday before, often. Uh, and then you have the extra day if you win that game to play the championship, conference championship game. It's just, and the, 
and Josh DeBow ran out the numbers. It's like seven of the nine times that the Patriots got that schedule, which is a lot of times in 20 years, you they got to the Super Bowl. Um, and they obviously won a Super Bowl six times. Like this is six of uh, six of total. I don't know how many of those seven times they won six, but they won a lot of Super Bowls. This is what teams take advantage of. You earn this slot, you take advantage of it. You're the fresher team, uh, and you get teams that are tired. They're traveling. Also, you're not traveling. It's all these things you can take advantage. Of. Again, the 49ers traveled to Green Bay on a short week and beat the Packers two years ago. So that can happen. But um, the way they're set up. We know how they are, physical, beat you up, pound you down, get you, beat you in the third and fourth quarters. This is it's set up for them. Now, not to say there's no excuses for not getting the Super Bowl, but we've been saying that for a while. This really is set up for them. This, I mean, this is like you want to – 2019 was a pretty nice setup. This is just as good as 2019 or maybe even better. And I, I think there are some Patriots comparisons to uh, this, this team. I mean, it's an older team, one of the older teams – in the league, they're going to be playing one of the youngest teams in the league, and um, you know, good good for the Packers for for drafting well over the last uh, couple of years. Um, you know, with the exception being the the quarterback, but the quarterback who's twenty four, you know, carries himself and <laughs> prepares himself like he's uh, you know going on forty. So um, even that kind of youth, which the 49ers have totally taken advantage of. And we, we've talked about that and how the uh, salary cap is structured around Brock Purdy's ultra cheap contract. But, um, you know, it's just a kind of, uh, you know, we, we can't talk enough about the benefits that Brock Purdy brings this team uh, because he's like having a 35 year old quarterback running the show on a, uh, on a, you know, barely drafted rookies uh, salary. So, uh, that's why the 49ers have the the talented roster, the most talented roster in the league right now, is because of uh, of Brock Purdy. And he kind of acts like he's still the backup, right? I mean, he walks around a lot of room like he's, hey, I'm just a guy, right? I'm just, a, just another player. Now Jimmy did that too. I want like Jimmy really did that too, and I don't think Trey had air. I, I'm not trying to compare him. I'm just saying for a guy who's now as established as he is, Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, you know, a, a guy who has won a lot of games in a short time. He does not have that like, hey, guys, I'm the man. I, I'm the dude here. He d- definitely does. Not. I don't know that he could. I don't know if he's capable of it. I think I was telling somebody like, what was it? I, I, I was joking with, with Purdy about trying to talk to him one time. I, go, I couldn't do it because you guys kept losing. He's like, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. I, mentioned <laughs> a friend of his. I go, I think that was off that. He goes, oh, no, that was that's who he is. He really was sorry that they were losing and you couldn't do your story about it. It was uh, very different. Um, I'm sure there were other quarterbacks who act like that, but not many that I've dealt with uh, like that. So uh, a lot of different little comparisons. I'm going to throw spring of this on you now because it just popped in my head. We, can, we don't have to do it, but – I don't know when they're going to announce their team awards. I guess after the season now, and they're not going to do it during the season, during the playoffs. Yeah, I think they do it. Um, you know, whatever that last week is. Yeah. Well, they're going. They don't know when that last week is. Well, I mean, they'll they'll have it ready to go, but but they're yeah. If they lose, it's over. So uh, anyway, uh, you who who would you vote for? Who would you pick as the team MVP? Like the what they call that the the Bill Walsh Award team MVP. Yeah, they have the the Bill Walsh Award, which is voted on by the coaches, and then they've yeah. got the Len Eshmont Award, which is voted on by the players. And um, they're I don't know whether this is engineered, but it's rarely the same yeah. person. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would vote. Uh, I would vote for Purdy for all the reasons that I just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just such a surprise. I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey has had a sensational year, uh, fantastic year. But I, I don't want to say you expected that year. He's had big years like that in the past. He's a, you know, the Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, uh, finalist. Um, you know, uh, had the thousand thousand season. In Carolina in 2019, um, y- you expected him to do that, have this 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 type of year, or it's it's not a big surprise. Purdy, being as consistent as mature as he is, that's that's a surprise. I forget what he finished in in terms of passing yards, but it's uh, it's top five, um, even while sitting out that that last game. That's just impressive. Over four thousand for the first time since. Um, Jeff Garcia, um, that that's who I would pick. But there are a lot of guys that um, you know merit consideration. Fred Warner always sort of gets overlooked, but I mean um, he's the guy that kind of keeps things stirring. I mean, if if this team is going to be sharp to open the playoffs, uh, a big uh, part of that is going to be Fred Warner. What he does in the locker room, what he does at practice. I mean, he was getting under um, his teammates' skin in the throwaway practices last week during the bye. Hmm. I mean, uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle came up to the podium and unprompted. They said, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. The offense, uh, the offense, uh, won the, won the practice today. Like really <laughs> sort of like, def- like, like they would have said on August 3rd, yep. <laughs> you know, during a, during a chippy training camp, pr- uh, practice. It was that chippy in this Thursday throwaway practice during the bye week because Fred Warner had gone around the locker room before practice, uh, what he called planting seeds, like talking smack to these guys before they even went out there. So um, he hilarious. made sure that uh, they were um, upset and uh, antagonistic and all those things that, you know, the uh, the great 49ers teams from the 1980s, Ronnie Lott and Joe Montana used to do to each other to make sure that they were sharp, to make sure that their practices were harder than the games that they played. You know what's really interesting? Ronnie, it sounds so much like Ronnie. Ronnie never won a Len Eshmont Award. That is like, and I've asked people about that. goes, yeah, because he pissed people off. Like they loved him. They knew they needed him. But he pissed them the hell off, so I didn't vote for him in Lynn Ashmont, uh, which is like B-Watt by Bryant Young, Bryant Young, Bryant Young. Like, that's the guy you know, like, that was just the epitome of somebody that people would vote for that award. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Christian McCaffrey, I think, you know, wins the player vote, the Eshmont probably. And I could see either Warner or Purdy for the coach's vote. Um, like, yeah, I can't – like Trent, probably not. He missed some games. Uh, Kittle could always be it, but pro- I'd say – I'd say McCaffrey for Ashmont. God, the guy plays so hard in practice, so hard every game. It's the kind of thing that players, I think, look to like that. That guy, my God, and they change, you know, changed who they were as a team. Just him being on the field, and I could see Purdy or Warner for the coach's award. Remember that weird, the year the year they went to the Super Bowl with Harbaugh, Alden Smith won the coach's award. I go, that's the guy who I wouldn't think would win the coach's award. Like they would like he's a great player, but like he drove them crazy, so that's why he wouldn't win the coach's award. But oh well, they, people do strange things. Like, would Kaepernick win the? I can't even remember who won the. the Kaepernick Eshmont. won the Eshmont in sixteen, oh, the, the, which yeah, was 16, the protest but, year. Yeah. He did not win it before um, that, so I don't know who won it. We'll have to check that who won it in 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 the, the twenty what twenty twelve. 
but and Nick Bo, I want to mention this because Nick Bosa, I saw won the Niver for cooperation with the media, which I love that pick. He's Nick has been really good and really thoughtful. Do you think that he he was struck by that him getting in that award? Yeah, it seemed like he was a little bit surprised. Um, you know, in those moments, you sort of say what is on your mind and his kind of reaction was, Oh, I, I try not to say too much uh, because I don't want to get in trouble, which is to say that um, he's been sort of holding back to us a little bit um, and, and, and seemed to be sort of apologizing for not being quite as open as maybe he wants to be. But even if he's kind of restraining himself, if he's got a governor on himself. Um, he still is interesting. And I'll tell you, I'm the one that t- tallied up those votes. It wasn't uh, wasn't close between him and the second place uh, finisher, who was George Kittle. Um, and then mm. the third place finisher was uh, Fred Warner, who had one more point than Charvarius Ward. So um, some really good talkers in that locker room. Um, th- those first four guys, I, the first three are um, all got votes from me maybe not in that particular order. Actually, it was that order. So I must have a lot of sway inside the, the media room yeah, because that's, uh, that's exactly well, how everybody it, ended up voting. If the players <laughs> took a vote on most res- on most respected media person, you know, there you Barrow, go. Barrow, there you Barrow, go. If, if it's tallied by Barrow, so it would end up that way, of course. But, you know, <laughs> right. Trent, Trent Williams, isn't Trent Williams last year's winner? Or I think he was. He won it uh, two years in a row, not last year. Oh, I think okay. Uzcheck won it last year. Mm. Uh, but uh, Trent won it the two years before that. The, the, the controversy is that poor George Kittle keeps coming in second place. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure whether he's caught wind of this yet, but um, um, you know, he's, he's always up there, but never quite gets the, uh, the, uh, the highest honor. Um, Kittle was fantastic on Thursday. Uh, all the guys that came to the podium, which were, you know, those guys that I just mentioned and uh, Brandon Ayuk and each of them uh, was really good. And, and that, that just kind of, kind of solidifies for me that, you know, this team was, you know, is, is locked in and it was saying all the right things. Um, they're doing all the right things. I, 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 it would be a big surprise if they came out flat on Saturday against the, uh, the Packers. I just think Bosa is like a big gum, a go-to guy for perspective. You know, Trent obviously is, there's other guys, but like it's the best guys who aren't worried, and other than what he said, like he doesn't want to get in trouble. But like they, what like what's Kyle gonna say? You should have said that. Like you're Nick fucking Bosa, right? So, uh, who have a point to make, whose voice matters because they're so good. Like and, and Bosa's really emerged as somebody, not just a you know team spokesman in the you know in the kind of declarative word, but just like he what is what he says matters. And he's, I think he's growing into that understanding that both in the, you know, he gives it the talk to the team on Saturday night. There's a reason for that. Uh, and he's, the, and I think he's kind of proud of that. And <laughs> I won't say that, but he is proud that he's picked to do that. And also to the media, not, you know, not that he's making, you know, statements that he thinks everyone has to take dictation for, but I think he does feel like what he says matters. And I like, you know, that being recognized because he is, very helpful to us when we're trying to get a sense of the team. And, you know, he came from a place where he didn't really want to talk to us that much as a rookie, right? That wasn't one of his things. He didn't dislike it, but he would would rather not do it if he could. So all good with that. All right, Barrows, anything else you want to say to wrap up this uh, post uh, matchup 
uh, for the for the divisional round podcast episode. No, only that. Uh, are we going to have another one this week before the game? Or? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. You know, just get a feel for the atmosphere. Now it's a Saturday game, so we have a little, one less day to do it. But yeah, we could do something. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, we'll, we'll get a mo- kind of a push towards what this game might feel like, but much more maybe Thursday or Friday. Let's do something for Thursday or Friday. So especially no travel. That helps a lot too. So we're not losing a day traveling anywhere. Uh, but folks, you will get another 49ers plus minus. Why not? It's the playoffs. We better do something. We'll, we'll come up with Bonus coverage day. here. It's the playoffs. Bonus yeah. coverage. Get the sense of the field. I love that uh, Warner uh, uh, getting the edge on people, getting people a little uh, a little edgy. That's that's so 49ers. It is so training camp 49ers. That is a very interesting little anecdote there. Sometimes you bring it. Sometimes you can't. That's why you get all those votes. And, um, you know, look what they did coming out of training camp. They thumped yep. the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they were, they, they've been good, and we've gone over this. We They've been good after rest periods. They've been good after buys and kind of uh, in run-ups to games. I, I guess maybe the uh, – the Ravens game is the exception to that. It was a, a bit well, of a long was, week. That was their sixth. Yeah, that was their sixth straight game. I think, right? I mean, that's the other sign maybe of an older team is that they're really great when they got rest, and then when they play five, six, seven games in a row, we saw what happened. Cleveland was their sixth in a row, and since uh, the Vikings were their seventh in a row, and Cincinnati was their eighth in a row, then they get a break and then play great at Jacksonville, et cetera, et cetera, and then. Baltimore was their sixth in a row. Like it, it does kind of have the cycles of a team mm. that kind of needs to get its energy going. And then it got this big break here. And we'll see. Then there's only got three games. What? One, two, three, three games left. Uh, that uh, they go three and oh, they're going to be a parade uh, in San Francisco after that. Yeah, they can, they can be tired for the parade. We're all going to be tired for the parade. All right, guys, <laughs> that's the show for today. Thank you, Barrows. All right. See you soon.